Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. This show is for veterans, first responders, and their families, and honestly, for anybody who wants to recover from trauma. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible. Our vision is of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please help with this mission by following and rating this show on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This simple action will help others find help for PTS injuries. Your help in promoting this podcast could be saving a life. Welcome to a very special edition to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Today on the show, I have somebody who is suddenly famous <laughs> right out of the bat, Christine Goche. Christine is a Paralympian and a veteran. And just the other day, she was sitting at the Standing Committee on Veterans Affairs to talk about one topic, and then the topic of MAID came up. And when the topic of medically assisted in dying came up, she put up her hand and said, hey, that happened to me too which means she is the first veteran who is in person, firsthand testified at committee. And they weren't expecting that. And now the backpedaling has started. Even the prime minister has finally addressed this. And he said just the other day that how outraged he is. And he also said that the second we learned about this, we took action. And what we're about to talk about today is going to prove that that's a pile of bunkum. It is not true. Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I want you to know you are literally helping to save lives by, by coming forward, by using your voice. So thank you so much. My pleasure. And I, I unfortunately pretty much think that my life is gone and done with, but I just cannot accept that other veterans has to go through this as well. Let's start with the Prime Minister's claim. So the Prime Minister said that the second he heard about this, he took action. But you have a letter saying different. Tell me about that. Yes, I mean, the, in my notes, I have script books. I, I write every single time that I speak with anybody from Veterans Affairs, Blue Cross, anything and, and actually, I do this in every specter, specter of, my, of my life, uh, whether it's contractors, whether it's anything. Everything that has no trail, paper trail, I always write because, unfortunately, with with the medical medical condition, medication, I I lose track of things. So the only possible way I could find to to have some sense of order in organization well, was to write everything down. So I write everything down in, in these little Canada books that I know everybody not can see, but those little exercise Canada books that we, we used to have in school. So everything, every pages are numerated, and they're one after the other one, and it goes always, you know, date by date. So um, as I said, I right now, because I, I have many of these little books I have to go through, um, as I was reading through, if I just start by today and back down, well, there was already this one letter uh, that I wrote to Prime Minister Trudeau and Minister McCauley and Minister of Defense and every ministry I could think of. And when was that letter written? That was July 9th, 19, 2021. July 9th, 21. 
Yeah. It's a line mine. Uh, no, nobody can see it, Christine. It's just yeah, I know, but you can. Yes, I can. <laughs> so July 9th, 1921. So I wrote this letter addressed to uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and NCC were Minister Macaulay, Sous-Ministre uh, uh, Suk, and diverse other people to my Sunday. And I, thankfully also, I always send everything attached with a postcard traceable mm, note. Okay, so, so you, even, you haven't have, you even have proof that it was sent. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, sent not only sent but received because there's a receiving confirmation bill that it was that it was received. So proof that yes. it was in there. And when and when was it in their hands? Does that little receipt say? Um, yeah, well, I, that I would have to go on the internet and trace it to see. Oh, okay. When they received it, but they replied with a letter of their own. Yes, so I received a letter from the cabinet, the office of Prime Minister Trudeau. And when was that dated? August 25th. August 25th, 2021. yeah. So this is a full year before the um, the story came out on uh, Global News with the first veteran. This is a full year before Mercedes Stevenson broke the story. Okay. Well, I, like I say, I didn't even know about this. I found all of this out myself this past week. When um, when I was getting prepared for the committee, I had to go and speak on. Uh, I printed out uh, what that came out in this week uh, in reference to all of this. And this is when I, I, I have printed some of the declaration that were done on this, the various, uh, the length of time for files to be processed, the, the new uh, subcontract through the new uh, partenaire of readaptation, veterans affair they wanted to create or have created and the the mate so i i had printed the, the documents but you know as i was going there i was really instructed that well you we can only speak from this one subject and so but i had i had written my notes on it and i had just sitting down you know so when they came about with that um i i raised my hand when they questioned the uh, the other guy and i raised my hand saying well i'm sorry but I also was addressed with, with this um, offer that, you know, if I was so as, as the, as the, as the stress and in such despair and pain, and I really couldn't go, felt that I really couldn't keep going forward, then they could assist me with uh, assisted dying. So, so let, let's talk about how this came about. Now that we've got uh, these letters, we've got the dates, absolute proof that the prime minister has lied in public about taking action soon as he heard about it because you have the actual delivery receipts the actual documentation that proves that 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 his office received that letter and they responded to it you received that response um you sent it july 9th and you received the response august 25th and that is a full year uh, well more than a year now uh before they said that they so-called took action, which of course they did not. Now let's talk about the circumstances. Let's talk about the five years of asking for a wheelchair ramp because you're paralyzed. Um, I, I have an incomplete spinal cord injury. Okay. Now, and actually let's, let's start there. That spinal cord injury that you have, that uh, happened during a training accident um, while you were serving, did it? Yes. Well, the initial uh, injury was during uh, um Obstacle course training. Obstacle course training, okay. Yeah, so when we had to jump in a six-foot trench, uh, there were rocks in the bottom when I landed. So both my 
ankles, knees, and everything off went off when when off um, off off track, if I can say, or dis disrupted, or I don't know how to say it, but everything got disjoint. Disjoint. This is how I can explain. Either way, you, so, you got you got hurt when you jumped into the. Yes, okay. I got hurt when I when I jumped. At first, they only um, they only examined and checked my knees. Um, so I, I they they did eight surgeries on my knees between ninety two and ninety four, and my condition just kept getting worse. And I kept telling them how you know I was sore my back and it was uh, it was always a lot of pain and I was like seizing and paralyzing in the back. But they kept saying that it was just because of my knees. So anyway, eventually I got a medical release in 98 and later back from then, this is when they started checking my claims about having back problem as well. And they discovered that they were like those micro, uh, micro, um, uh, little fractures, tiny, <laughs> little small fractures. fractures, right in the spine. And, but okay. with time and with time and no no, no uh, cure or no help to help the, the process. It just got worse and to a point where it just got out of end. And then I, I started having like uh, extremely severe uh, degeneration in my entire spine. And so, so I, uh, back afterwards, uh, everything just went downhill from there. Uh, I had another surgery replacing four, uh, four discs in my lumbar spine. I, they replaced one in my cervical spine. Uh, I had to have surgery in the shoulder. Uh, the two shoulders, the two elbows are wet or wrecked as well. Uh, and I still have to get the mid part spine operated on, but trying to put this off as much as I can. <laughs> now you said that for uh, five years you were trying to get, was it a wheelchair ramp or an elevator? It's an elevator. Elevator. Yes, after um, after I got hit, um, I got hurt in my shoulders. It came clear to us that um, I had to get the surgery, and then I had to try to move around with just one arm. It was impossible to do. We realized then that we would not be able to stay in the house we had at that time. It was just too small, and as this came along, and as my condition keeps deteriorating uh, monthly, month by month, I would almost say. It was uh, it was clear that we needed uh, to have a place where it was possible to have and then helping end around with me, but that was just impossible where we at, where we were. So we uh, we had started looking for a new place. So we found this place. We uh, we processed for the move. I paid for all my adaptations in this house since I had to be renovating it. I mean, there was I was not going to ask. Uh, veterans affair to pay for uh, adapt my kitchen my 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 bathroom i had to pay for renovations regardless so i paid for all of this done and we had pro in the process because i already had a, a, an elevator at my old address so we only at our at that time our plan was just get the elevator moved and installed here instead and so we, maybe they we, will have and was veterans affairs helping you move that elevator no we had arranged that with the um the installer, but when it came time to work it up, because we we knew like before the elevator was only going up like let's say two steps uh, height. Here it's eight step height, so of course it's not the same okay. uh, angle. So you know we were like okay, but maybe they'll need to 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 uh, change the 
the main shaft, you know, where the elevator goes up and down, but it's still going to be less less cost than having to redo everything. But unfortunately, when the time came to install it, the, uh, the installer, because uh, it was a, a Veterans Affairs that paid for this elevator at first as well, they had to contact them and say, well, we need to transform or reinstall this elevator. And then they said, well, no, you know, uh, you won't be able to because according to regulation at this site, it needs to be an enclosed elevator. And this is when everything started. So they they were involved like really early on, like as construction was going, they knew that, you know, well, we need this elevator change transfer. So they, they got in, included in the project at that time, at the, at the end of 2017 or early 2018. And in 20... In, January 8, 2021, I get a letter that they accept uh, to go along with the project as far as long as I get the proper permits from the city. So it's already years of asking for an elevator. Yeah. So how are you getting by with without an elevator? How are you getting up and down those stairs? Okay, so right now at the place I bought, there's this uh, look, the front part of my place is a commercial uh space that the city won't allow me to keep as my personal space because and because there is no commercial being exploited in there i still use it but it cannot be considered mine as personal use because of the city regs and as it is in front of the building it has a little excess ramp that i i can use now at this in the summertime but my car is parked 155 feet back in the garage. So at wintertime, I either have to go through the front and wheel in snow and and gravel pavement, uh, gravel driveway to the to the garage to get into my car, or if I leave it there. But then I have to uh, on snow uh, shovel off the the car, and it's just not possible when you're in a wheelchair to act to access the, the rooftop of a van. So we, I have to access from my direct entry, but I have to sit down on my butt, wheel my chair in front of me in the eight stairs, and slide down these eight stairs. So you're dragging, your, I, you're dragging yourself on the ground across the snow yeah. with your wheelchair for years because yeah. Veterans Affairs just can't get off their ass to put in a ramp or, a, yes. or an escalator. Exactly. Yeah. Because you need permits. Because that's more important because they need you to have permits and that's more oh, important. It's wait. more it's more important for them to them that you have permits than to no, just no, no. than to just help you. But wait, I mean this is not even like realistically that part has not even begun yet. Oh my gosh. I mean right now they are just Going around, whether is this the best option? Is this the only option? What other option may we have? And then once, and, and we are not, I'm, I'm never consulted. I'm not allowed to have any document of how far are you in the project? What have you done yet? Uh, I have none, zero transparency and zero possibility for me to have any of this documentation. Once they will come out with the project they have put together and then they give me, they hand me this and say, now you have to go and get your permits of the city. Well, I have no way of knowing what they've put up together, whether it's conformity or not. I, I'm not an architect. I'm not any of this. All I can say was, 
you know, uh, this is where it has to go and not in the middle of the house because it just makes no sense that I still have to drag myself 60 feet in the snow. Um, but they, they just they just do not implicate us in any any of the, the steps forward to this. And quite frankly, I'm pretty scared of how it's going to turn out with the city because it's pretty difficult, the city here. So I'm not looking forward to that part either. I won't be able to explain any of what is written in this report. I didn't put it up together. So how did I not start by that? Do you still, are you still without an escalator? Of course. No, I don't have one. Okay. So I will figure out how to get you one without Veterans Affairs. I will, like, you know, I, I, after our phone call, I will figure that out. Okay. You know, I have tried. I, I'm not even kidding you. I've tried in the last five years to get this project on the site by myself as well. I've contacted, I would say, at least 50 architects and engineers to come and do the assessment. And so we work on this together. I cannot get anyone to come because as soon as I mentioned, well, the Veterans Affairs are going to be implicated in this for the cost, nobody wants to deal with them. It has become such a nightmare for the uh, the suppliers of equipment for, for veterans that what, everybody... What city do you live in? They said... All right. Uh, uh, you'll have to email that one to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> and, no problem. And um, so for any of my Quebec friends, anybody in the Quebec audience that's listening to this or anybody anywhere near it, uh, we need a construction engineer is what we need. And we need a construction engineer and an architect well I, I don't know if you need an architect but uh whoever whoever they say you need is is who we're going to need it's usually just yeah. a construction engineer well uh, no I, I i'm telling you they they need an architect and ridiculous. it cannot be it, it has to be a full licensed architect they oh do gosh. not accept the technician with architecture even if he has a stamp the city refused them they 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 Mandatory have to have a full licensed architect. Wow, and that's not even what architects do, but they need an architect, even though that's not really their scope. I know. That, that is incredible. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. So, yeah. and, and the city knows your situation, they, and they just need you to jump through hoops. They, it's, this is the problem with bureaucracy. These bureaucrats, they just want power and procedure and, and make you... <laughs> jump through their hoops, make you hit the checkbox items instead of trying to say, wait a second, this is a problem. Let's try to fix it. Absolutely. It, of course, you know, uh, I have not yet gone, like, since I've been here, it has not been easy with the city. They, they've taken me um, in 2019. Um, well, well, first of all, when we moved there, and there was all this question about the front space having to, ha- to, to remain commercial, well, like I said, okay, we have no choice. You want to keep this commercial because it is in the in the village, in the so, and they want to keep their commercial space. Fine. Um, so we had to move along with that. I have no problem following rules and regulation. I've never asked to have special treatment anywhere. This is what you re- require. We'll work within this. So that's been the case all along. So but, I, I, prom- I promise you this, Christine. I'm going to send this episode to people that can help, 
I'm going to take it off your hands. I'm going to figure it out. All I'll need is your address and stuff, and um, I will figure this out. Okay. Oh my God, good. I will figure it out. You know, through all these years, my spouse and I were like, it's completely nonsense. You know, how how is this happening? And because, like, I have been voicing this nonstop, and it's just kept falling through the cracks. I was telling my spouse, I said, this kind of, it's impossible that this doesn't come for a reason somewhere. It has to have a, a purpose of why this is all happening. I will glad I will say that I would have rather it might be a little selfish to say I'd rather it had happened to someone else. <laughs> but if this now do help our entire community get better services, well then it will not have been a vain. And I just can only hope for that. I can promise that this will help. When I testified in Ottawa, everybody, liberal, Bloc Quebecois, didn't matter. They all came up to me. They all cared. And I'm sure, did you have that a similar, after you uh, testified, did everybody from all sides of the aisle come up to you? Yes, but to be frank, I have gone that many times before already. And I mean, General Natsunsuk, I, I have met with General Natsunsuk, last time he was in, in St. Anne's, my doctor's literally snatched on on the side and explained to him my file. He was really freaked out, sympathetic. This could not be. He started moving things up a bit for about two, three weeks, and then just disappeared. Never again, like, that didn't resolve uh, anything, really. It it just went and disappeared under the, the carpet again. So, you know, every time I received these letters of, Oh, how, how sorry we are. We are regret, we regret so much, and we are feeling. I, I I can't care about their feelings anymore. I just want action. I just want to see action. So, you just want something so have. incredibly simple. It's just a, it's just a escalator. It's all it is for eight stairs. It's all you want. It's nothing big, and no. the fact that it's just been shuffled around, and you're dragging yourself through the snow behind your wheelchair is absolutely disgusting. Yes, and may I add, going down the stairs, gravity makes the work for me. But, you know, I have to come back the same place. So I have to come up the stairs with finished shoulders, finished elbow, and finished back, dragging myself, holding a wheelchair, trying to hang on to a ramp that is not even secure because none of the work we wanted to finish here we could do because we are stopped and waiting for this elevator to arrive. So everything here is in jeopardy because of that. I mean, if my driveway would have been paved, it would be much easier also to get into the driveway instead of rolling in rocks. But I can't afford to pay for a second job of pavement after they're going to destroy it by taking the tractor in. So I had to postpone everything to, you know, to help me out. Because I can't afford to do this two, three times again. Yeah. Already, after after a year and a half that I had not have the elevator yet, I told my spouse, I said, this is ridiculous. We've got to find a way so I can at least access inside the house. So we went and bought the second-end uh, staircase chair for inside the house. I paid $2,000 for this. 
And then it's impossible to get parts to install and fix this properly because the companies won't allow you. They want you to buy a brand new one that they're installed or installed. But I can't afford to pay a $7,000 staircase chair when they're going to install an elevator. And it won't be required at this time because – and that, that chair. Are there, are there any different veterans organizations that have helped you, like the Royal Canadian Legion or anything? Has anybody – have you gone to them for help? Yes. I mean, uh, I, I, we used to meet with you and NATO a lot of times. I wanted the Legion. Some of the Legion members, they know. and But their ends were tight. Apparently, there were nothing they can do. I have contacted the Ombudsman. I have the letter from the Ombudsman. Three times. Uh, the current and Bugsman, Nishika? No, the first one was in 2017. Wait, who was the Ombudsman then? No, what did it say on this? Is that Pat Stogren? Mm. Oh. With the, who it was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say on it in 2017 where it was, but from 2017, I didn't really get an answer. In 2019, uh, the assistant called me telling me that um, there was an official complaint open on that day, two years later. And then they finally called me and said, well, we don't think there's anything wrong with the way Veterans Affairs is, is moving on. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that was the, the previous. I know it was with the previous amendment. Now, I resent another letter now on October 2022. 20, okay, so this one, this, this one went to Nishika then? Yes. They called me, like the same person, Alan Cohen, called me again, stating, uh, well, we need to get your papers. I said, you already have all my papers. This is the third complaint I sent to you. And the only reason I resent it to them was, I don't know if you know Brigitte Laverdure. No. Okay, she's, she's a, a little bit, I would say, a little bit like you here in Quebec. She's, uh, she's been sitting on the uh, Veterans Affairs Committee for a while, a few, back, a few years back. And this year, somebody has put me in contact with her, and so she said, no, 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 this is ridiculous, and she told me, okay, you rewrite to the ombudsman, and all are well, and we'll get this on. So the ombudsman office called me um, a couple of days after October 7th, and told me, okay, no, no, we're looking into this now, we're opening it. I, ne- I asked them, I said, okay, because then when she said, well, you need to send me your papers, I said, look through your, look through your file, you already have my papers. And she looks, she goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you, yeah. And what do you see from that? And they just started to be defensive, stating, but, oh, it was the other one before then do his job. Hey, listen, you know. One you of the problems is the that it, these political parties keep switching. Uh, it's like musical chairs. And, uh, and I've said this uh, to the shadow minister. I've said this to the former minister of Veterans Affairs, uh, Aaron O'Toole, who's a friend of mine now. And it's it's really difficult when these positions keep swapping around every few months. Um, when you pass the ball, a lot of this information gets lost. So I don't know what the solution is to that. But, well, uh, but, but, for, obviously, it isn't a purpose matter. They do that but purposely they, exactly just for that. Yeah, but they, there needs to be a solution. You know, every yes. every customer service, because it's got to be looked at as customer service. So every customer service call center, 
uh, has certain uh, cues of clients. And it doesn't matter if uh, there, there's a new person in that queue every three months. It doesn't matter because it's the same queue. All the notes are there and, and you have a time frame to get through. So uh, things like this has to be looked at from a customer service perspective. Because that's what the government's supposed to be. They're supposed to be there to serve. And we are the clients, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't like that term, but <laughs> I, I find that, and that's what I told them at the commission. I said, we are not clients. We haven't chose. I mean, I don't choose to go. I choose to go to Provigo, Maxi, or Lobla. Yes. I didn't choose to have injuries that, that, that I occurred during service and that I need, I need to have service and equipment today. That's so, a good point. you know, the, the, the client classification of it is, is good for the privatization of, of what they're trying to do. But I agree. There are different class that we're supposed to have on the file. And that was the case for me for a while because I had these two golden case workers, case agents, that as soon as they got into my file, they could see that that note was there. But after, when I'm telling you, when I, I've called at the crisis center in Ottawa, yes. and they were instructed not to talk to me anymore and not to take my calls, that, that class that was on my file, apparently on the computer, disappeared. So Apparently, they have removed how, that. How do you know that they were instructed to not take your calls? Did they say that? Yes, I, I, I have that written somewhere. I don't know if it's an official letter from them or, again, one of my script letter, uh, script books. But, yes, I have gotten that. We are sorry, but uh, a crisis agent is no longer allowed to contact and be in direct contact with the veteran's client. So basically they're saying you're too much of a pain in the ass. We don't want to help you anymore. I guess. And and you're a pain in the ass because they aren't doing their job because you have no choice but to keep asking. But to keep asking because it doesn't get done for years. And now, yeah. now they are playing the victim. And they're, they're saying that they are the victim because you're asking for more than they can give. Just like Trudeau said to Brock Blaschek a few years ago. You're asking for more than they can give. Well, I, I don't think it's the case. Because, like I say, they can, anybody can go through my files. I will openly submit to any of it. I am not one to... Uh, to exaggerate and and double up on, on equipment. You know, I mean, normally a renewal of equipment is a renewal and supposed to just be processing as a renewal. You shouldn't have to go through an entire re- re-evaluation of uh, occupational therapists and everything again as at start, but this is what they're doing all the time. So you want to talk about wasted money? Well, there you are. I, I have all the doctors report everything Monthly, like monthly and 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 bi-monthly or bi-yearly, showing how deteriorating my condition is. I mean, yeah, Tulu was right when he said the this this week. Well, okay, ACC agents should not be uh, talking about this. This no, absolutely, absolutely not. We have the doctors doing all of so, this. So let's talk but about they a lot of liberties. Let's talk about the moment that you were offered assisted suicide as a solution. How did that conversation come about? Just like I told you before, it was, as we were just telling them, you know, I just can't handle this anymore. This has just gone out of hand. I'm, I'm exhausted. 
I'm unable to 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 do out of my house. I can't do anything. And they just told me, well, you know, if you feel that you're that exasperated, that tired, that we can assist you with the help today. Mm-hmm. And it, and I told them, I said, are you serious? Like, you will not give me the tools I need to live, but you will give me an injection to die? I mean, you know, I understand I'm not a, um, I am suicidal. Yes. Every single day is a battle thinking I have to go through this again. I've isolated myself because I just cannot be doing this if it's not a mandatory reason I need to go out. I already have to restrain every every strand I have in myself because the transfer coming out of the bed, out of the bed going for to the toilet, washing, they're they're mandatory. Going to a doctor is mandatory. But I don't go grocery shopping, I don't go visit friends, I don't go any of this anymore i just can't do it it's just too much on the body and and dealing with this entire file if i had not had the chance of living in in my area which i'm close to saint tom's veteran center and have them help me i i for sure would not have been here today that is a, a definite and if i would have known 20 years ago that it would have taken 20 years to get this for sure, I never would have done any of that. But you go through a day, and they keep promising you that tomorrow is coming, it's coming. You know, it's right there, it's coming. And you realize you're 20 years down the road, and you're nowhere any further than you were 20 years back. You've been doing this for 20 years. It's only been survival. And it, it, it's inhuman. It's completely inhuman. It is inhuman. It is absolutely inhumane. And not only are they, I mean, everybody should be treated with a good level of respect, but you're not just anybody. You're a veteran who was paralyzed because of injuries that happened during your service. You're a Paralympian. And to me, Christine, the the courage that you've had perhaps even even if it's just out of exasperation. Either way, the courage that you had to show up at the committee and then take the opportunity, because they didn't want to hear about your um, experience with being offered made. That's not what they wanted to talk about. They wanted to talk about something else. But when Bruce Moncour, our friend, uh, brought up the topic, you put up your hand and you had your opportunity and you seized the day. You seized the opportunity to say, hey, that happened to me Two, I was also offered medically assistance in dying just because they won't give me um, the, the very basic supports that I need. And because of this, your story, Christine, is going to help you. It's going to help thousands and thousands of other veterans because I think what's going to come out of this is, is the they're going to wake up out of their sleep. Wake up out of their sleep. Understand that your story is not rare. I there, know it's there, are, there are thousands of stories like yours and we need a serious revamping a serious reboot we got to tear it down and rebuild it and I don't think out, outsourcing it to the grocery store chain like they're doing right now is, is going to be the solution uh, they've just got to fix what they've got and, and it's a failure of leadership the, the entire leadership of VAC has got to be fired and rehired with people that are used to the private sector customer service. 
and and treat people um, with us with service in mind, not bureaucracy. That's what has to happen. They're a year behind in regular claims right now, a year, and it's only getting worse, not better. Your story well, will like, help. Yeah. Also, like I say, you know, if that was the only, the only thing that it takes a year or a year and a half to, to get your initial claim in. But no, the, the worst part is, people, you will have to redo this every single year. I have told them, too, at the committee, I've been 24 years as a veteran, yet to this day, there are still initial pension claims that were stated 24 years ago that have not still yet been addressed. Because meanwhile, I had to prioritize what was needed the most today. If, so, you, if you could speak to Minister McCauley and Justin Trudeau and have them all in the same room, what would you say to them right now? They should seriously be ashamed of themselves. And I do have the proof that I have written to them multiple times. I am not fool. I am not stupid. I know that it's not Macaulay that reads and writes back the letter personally, but it is his signature that is on the bottom of that paper. And you must take responsibility for the staff underneath you. And you, yes, and his claim, he has claimed that he wasn't going to be resigning because his duty was to help veterans. That was what he was doing. That was what he was going to keep doing. He has been such a failure to the veteran that I don't even know how he can even stand around and keep walking. It's criminal the way he's been treating us. It's not only inhumane, it's criminal. Well, it is criminal to counsel suicide. So do you feel that that veteran service agent was encouraging you to uh, accept medically assisted suicide? Did you feel encouraged by them? To do you know, it? I will certainly tell you when I find again, like, because like I say, a lot happens and I can't remember everything, every single detail. That's why I write everything down. And I write the name and the date and when. When I find a person with whom I'm speaking with this, I will more clearly be able to tell you what I probably the intention behind it were. Was it a, you know, sometimes we have these uh, death angels that, you know, really are like, yeah. I see what you're going through and I'm just trying to find a way to help you out through this. Never, regardless, no, I don't think it was appropriate to say or, 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 or push through even if the intention would have been just behind, but I'm not saying it is. But just the but feeling. There, there like, is a big uh, problem here like, too. Looking back, did you, do you feel that they were pushing you towards medically assisted suicide? Do you, do you, is that a feeling that you have? Well, yeah, because I... So you do feel that they were pushing you towards that? Listen, they have not forced it in. I know we No, have, no, not forced, but, 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 but encouraged. discussion about it. Yeah. But, yes, yes, it was uh, definitely put in there to be... Uh, to be a... Um, um, to, you know, they know they know how, how fragile we are. Yeah. When you implicate something like this and somebody already suicide, suicidal, and it's so, 
so fragile, putting in that little seed. Yes. Is is all the push we need sometimes. It's predatory. Maybe it has not been for me because I can assure you that I was so close so many times. But fortunately, I have a service dog with me that helps me through it. And pulls my wheelchair and <laughs> this dog would have had to be four days with my cadaver a lot of times. And it was like, this dog does not, should not have to live with my cadaver four days before somebody finds me. A lot of times this is why I haven't done it, but planting that seed into somebody in distress is really criminal. It is criminal. It is literally criminal. Yes. And it's predatory. So one of the things that was said is that again and again and again, including by Prime Minister Trudeau just yesterday, was that there's only one veteran service agent. Now, I know that this is false. I know that there's at least three. But the fact that this was offered to you proves that there was at least two veteran service agents. Because the first one, who was a female, I know her first name. I won't say it for her own safety, but I know her first name. She was out of the Vancouver office. That I also know, because I heard the recordings. You're in Quebec. You don't get served by the Vancouver office. Therefore, it is physically impossible that there's only one veteran service agent. And in your records, do you have the name of that veteran service agent? Do you know what it is? I am pretty sure I will find, I will have it because like I say, I have to go through all my scripts book. Yeah. Well, we won't, we won't publish that name, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, when you have that name, bring it to me, contact me. And if that name is other than the name that I know, which I have a recording of it being said. So proof between that and your records, we know that there's a minimum of two veteran service agents this is not a rogue agent and if there was two and i know of a third uh, uh, the the gender of that caseworker was male or female there was <laughs> i think there was both of them you had two saying the same thing yeah no like i said it was multiple it was at least two times so you were offered made twice by one, yes. Once by a male and once by a female? Yes, in my recollection at this time, yes. But like Holy I say, before confirming crap. anything, yeah. I will have to look back in my Yeah, book. you'll confirm it with your notes. But now, and you caught me off guard, so we've already got proof of three, just with you, with you th- proof of three veteran service agents. The first one, the two with you, one male, one female, plus the other one that I'm working on right now who is male that uh, I'm working on getting this person to come forward so that uh, we can start counting the service agents. So I'm looking right now at four veteran service agents that have been offering made. Therefore, it is impossible that this was a one-off. It is impossible that this was a rogue agent. This was policy. And now they're doing everything that they possibly freaking can to try to bury it and to hide it. Yes. Christine... Christine, what you just said is what we needed. Because well, we knew they were lying. We knew it. And now we have the proof. And I'm mm-hmm. going to find a way to help you and get that stupid ramp in. I'm going to find a way, one way or another. 
Thank you. Hell or high water. Christine, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, I'm going to publish this immediately. The minister, uh, everybody in this com- in that committee is going to be sent copies of this, including, because um, a lot of them are in contact with me right now, numerous members of parliament, and the first person that's going to be listening to this is the shadow minister of Veterans Affairs, Blake Richards, who is also um, uh, co-chairing that committee. So this is going to all of them within the next hour. And I'm also going to connect you with all the different media outlets. And thank you so much. I am so proud of you for telling your, your, your story. Do you feel that, that, um, that you've been heard that we've got all the, all the big points? I know there's a lot more to it, but do, did we hit all the highlights? Yes. You know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad you guys are appearing now and hoping that it will move. Like I stay a little bit cautious now because I've been told that so many times. Okay. But so I'm, I'm, Christine, I cannot just believe that, nothing that that I have gone through this for nothing. It has to have a purpose. And I, I really hope that is this one and it will help every other veterans. It will. And, uh, you have me. And please do come forward. Yes. It's the only way we we can do this. We need more. We need more whistleblowers to have the courage that you have. We need more. Uh, I, the, the first person that came forward would not have his name out. And I understand, but, if if he's listening to this, the first person that came forward to me, that where where the the it was broken on global news, it th- this this isn't enough. We need more to come through uh, to come forward because they're going to still try to bury this. They're still going to try to pivot. They're still going to try to spin this. They're still going to try to hide from the truth because there's people at the top that made the decisions to have made offered to veterans. Somebody made this decision and now they're pretending that it didn't happen because of the blowback. But somebody needs to go to jail and they are hiding right now. So we, we can't, you can't put this on me. You can't put it on Christine. And you can't put it on the person who's going by the name of Bruce, who's also testifying tomorrow, or on Monday, rather. Christine, have you been invited to testify again on Monday? No, they asked me um, if I wanted to go back because uh, they, they told me they would not be able to promise I would be able to speak, but they would like for me to be in the audience and stare Minister McCauley in the face I would have gladly go but I already had two doctor's appointment that day Okay. so well, with short notice it was impossible for me to move those appointments around okay well I also have a lot of veterans that will be showing up on Monday so oh, great. I, I'm packing the house I put a call out um, and, and again I'm going to put the call out so Monday is what the 5th the 6th of December let me look at my calendar here the fifth. Yeah, I think that it was like at eleven o'clock. Monday, the fifth, eleven o'clock. The Wellington <laughs> Building, room four two zero. We need veterans wearing the medals, hopefully with berets, just so that people can tell that you're a veteran. If you're one of these motorcycle folks, put on your motorcycle vest so, it look, so you can be identified as a veteran and show up. There's room to seat about fifty. Um, uh, go to my Facebook page. Uh, 
just put I'm in on the post where I put a call out for this and that will be the guest list. My Facebook post is the guest list for uh, the shadow minister so that you can get past security. And if you can't get past security and you can't get back in, dress warm and stay outside uh, the Wellington building and let them know Let them know how you feel about this. Everybody, every veteran and every veteran supporter from every veteran group get to the Wellington building by before 11 o'clock in Ottawa and show your support. Show them how you feel about this. Show them how you feel about Christine Gauthier and how the veterans are being treated by Veterans Affairs Canada. Tell them what you think about allowing her to drag herself through the snow with her wheelchair for years. Show them what you think about that. Show up and show your support. Christine, stay on the line. Thank you. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I hope you found value in today's episode. If you found this episode helpful, healing, or informative, please let me know by leaving a rating on either Spotify or Apple. And please share, share like the sugar bear on all of your social media channels. Because sharing is caring.